We have a series on our hands, Miami Steel in Game 2 in Denver. We got Game 3, Shutdown Slate we'll be talking about in this video, $250,000 to first. Welcome, guys. My name is DK. Again, we'll be breaking down the Shutdown Slate in this video. Um, I also make content for NFL Daily Fantasy Sports as well as for player prop sites like Prospects No House Advantage. No House Advantage is the sponsor of the video. I've been having a lot of success over there and a lot of fun playing at No House Advantage. And if you guys are not on No House Fans, you can use the code DKDFS for a 100% match up to $100. It'll be linked down below. I've been giving out free plays on both No House Vantage and Price Picks on Twitter. And we have been absolutely killing it in June. We had a full sweep a couple days ago. Um, again, giving out these free plays uh, for WNBA. Also giving out a lot of free plays uh, today for Taco Tuesday. Um, but yeah, we full swept the board a couple days ago. So. It's been a really good run for WNBA, and uh, yeah, hoping to keep that going. So again, if you guys are not in Ohio's Vantage, make sure to uh, use that code uh, for that 100% match. And um, yeah, let's just get right in the video. Uh, we'll start it off with uh, the Denver side. Well, let's just first talk about the rotation. So there was a change for Miami. Um, we had Kevin Love inserted in the starting lineup. So um, once we knew that information, obviously I was not, not very high on uh, Highsmith anymore. Um, just because, you know, love starting means just way less minutes for him. And, uh, yeah, Kevin Love, I think, played, like, about 20 minutes. They played 10 guys total, which was a little bit surprising. But um, also, we did get confirmation Tyler here once again out. They can still rule him in by tomorrow, but he's out. And then Denver, no real changes to the rotation. You did see a little bit of a minutes bump for guys at like Green and Brown in the first half because they were playing well. All right, so starting with uh, Denver and Jokic is 15,200. Um, I think he probably plays low to mid 40s minutes. He's played 40 and 42 minutes. I think those minutes start to tick up. I think he can play, you know, 44, 45 minutes. Um, obviously, he is your safest bet up the board, the guy with the highest floor, whether he's scoring the ball or whether he's getting it done with the peripheral stats. So I don't think we're going to spend a ton of time on Jokic. He looks great. I'm also still pretty high on Jamal Murray. He didn't have the best game last game. Only shot 15 times, too, which is a little bit surprising. Only played 39 minutes as well. Also a little bit surprising. We think uh, the shot times plus the minutes do go up for him in game three. But as you know, the Denver Nuggets uh, offense is basically just a two-man game here with Murray and Jokic. So still like both the Denver stars here. Michael Porter Jr., 7-4. Um, he got benched last game. Very typical. It is over um, over points, and he gets back. I feel like, man, this guy, if I ever you know either play him or have an over on him, uh, he gets benched. So... Uh, most of the time, Michael Porter Jr. is going to close, and most of the time, he's going to play you know, close to that 40-minute mark. But if he's really struggling like last game, they will bench him and go to a guy like Bruce Brown. They can go to Christian Brown. So MPJ, of these guys in the mid-range for Denver, of like MPJ, Gordon, Case, like he is the guy with the highest ceiling, but um, there's still that small chance he gets benched. I will say, again, recency bias always plays a factor, so I think he'll probably be a bit lower-owned um, than he should be because of that bad game where he was chalk in Game 2. Aaron Gordon, 6'2", not a guy with a massive ceiling, but if he stays out of foul trouble, he's probably going to play high 30s minutes. I think he's just a play I'm you know, totally fine with. KCP at 5'4", a little bit of a lower floor than Gordon. Like, I'm much for Gordon to KCP. But um, KCP still a guy I think over mid 30-plus fancy points if he's knocking out of shots. He just has not been making his shots over the last couple games. Bruce Brown, if you think that MPJ gets benched or that KCP continues to struggle, you can look at a guy like Bruce Brown who will most likely benefit. He did see minutes bump in game two, played 27 minutes. But if those two are playing well, they can just close with the starters, and then Brown can be limited in about 20 minutes. So there's definitely some negative correlation there with those guys. And then you have the punt plays. Jeff Green, Christian Brown, 
Jeff Green's 1.8. I'm a little bit more confident with his minutes. He's played 11 and 16 minutes over the last couple games. Not the best point per minute guy, but extremely cheap and should see rotation minutes. And then Christian Brown, he, he was out of the rotation for a little bit against the Lakers. Uh, he played really well game two. Um, had three steals, uh, shot three for three from the field, and played 15 minutes. I think that was a bit of an outlier performance from him, but still a guy that you should expect to see some minutes uh, for Denver. And moving on to Miami. So you got Jimmy at the top of 12K. Be interesting to see what his ownership is. He's been a little quiet so far the first couple games of the series. So I wonder if that will keep his ownership uh, a bit low. But I think he probably plays low 40s minutes in this game. Only 38 and 40 minutes over the first couple games. I think he does get a slight minutes bump here. Um, so, yeah, Jimmy, the ceiling's massive on him. It's just a matter of, you know, which Jimmy Butler we're going to get, which is, which is tough to try to nail down in the playoffs. Like, it's either you get the really aggressive Jimmy Butler or you get the Jimmy Butler that's very passive and kind of stands in the corner. It's just really weird. Like, you never know what Jimmy Butler, Butler you're going to get. But the ceiling's obviously extremely high in him. We'll see what the ownership is on him after the first couple games, uh, subpar performances. Bam in a buyout 9K, I think we'll get more ownership. He's played better than Jimmy. Um, he's also outperformed him. 50 and 40 fans points over the last couple of games. Um, so I like Bam. I think he's an optimal play on the slate. But he'll probably be a bit over-owned where a guy Jimmy Butler... I might be a bit under-owned because of recency bias. Caleb Barton, 6'6". Six, six. Right now, nothing more than contrarian play. I think he's definitely overpriced. Uh, Move back to the bench role. Only played 21 minutes. I will say, though, if he comes up the bench and plays really well, they can extend him. Like Miami, like outside of Jimmy and Bam, the closing lineup can go so many different ways. So Martin's still playable in a large field tournament, but I think the reason you'd play him is for ownership purposes. He's definitely not optimal at that price point. Hero has been ruled out, even though there's still a chance he get ruled in um, tomorrow, but... Right now, not expecting Tyler Hero to play, which should mean, you know, more minutes for guys like Vincent and Lowry and Sturgeon Duncan Robinson. Um, Vincent's probably your safest of that group. Um, 38, 32 minutes so far in the first couple games of the series. A guy that can definitely put the ball in the bucket. 7 of 14, 8 of 12 shooting. Don't know if we can continue to expect that, but um, I think he's probably your safest of those guys we just mentioned. Lowry's 4.8K. He's most likely going to play low to mid-20s minutes. Could play a little bit more if he plays very well. A guy that can stuff a stat sheet. Um, I think he's a reasonable value play. I also think he is a little bit safer than Struis and Duncan because Struis and Duncan are very reliant on the scoring. I mean, he saw what Struis did in game one, right? He was not knocking out of shots. But game two, he was making his shots, and he put up a pretty solid game. And then Duncan Robinson made his shots in the fourth quarter. It was a big reason why Miami won that game uh, and went for 10-plus fancy points. So with Struis and Duncan Robinson, um, most of the time they're going to they're play close to the 48 minutes. Game one, they did not. Um, and these guys definitely have a ceiling for them making their shots, but they have a very, very low floor if they're not making their shots. Smith at 2.8K right now, nothing more than a contrarian option. He was massive chalk in game two. But again, with Kevin Love, with that news that Kevin Love was starting, um, you definitely had to downgrade Hayward Highsmith uh, because Love was not in the rotation for game one. But Highsmith not completely out of play. I think if Love really struggles or gets you know abused out there defensively, they can go to a guy like Highsmith. Um, but his ownership should definitely drop from game two. And then uh, Kevin Love will probably be the highest owned value play of the slate, or will be. I can almost guarantee you that. Um, played 22 minutes, one for 25 fantasy points. He's over a fantasy point per minute guy. I don't know if we can expect 22 minutes again from Love, but if we get, you know, 10 plus minutes from him at this price point, he's going to stand out as an amazing value. So he's going to be extremely popular, um, but he definitely stands out as an optimal value at the moment. And then you got Cody Zeller, 1K, who will back up Bam, um, probably play whatever Bam does not play. So he's put eight minutes back to back games, $1,000. That's playable. Um, that's it for the player-by-player player breakdown. Like I said, is there still a small chance that Tyler Hero could play in this game? Yes. Um, but right now, uh, I'm leaning towards him not playing since he already got ruled out, even though, again, Miami said they could still rule him in uh, by game time tomorrow. 
Now, the spread, I think, what? Denver is are still two and a half point favorites in this game. So this is a game I'm a little bit more confident will stay competitive. I'm going to talk about this in the Patreon videos and streams as well, uh, or always. But you can always build a blowout slip, um, you know, stacking one team and then going very light on the other team and kind of thinking about, all right, like who's going to play in a blowout for the other team. So even though it's not likely uh, a blowout, you can still build out lineups, um, you know, for the blowout slip in large field tournaments. And then I will mention once again, make sure you're focusing on building plus EV lineups. If you're just playing large field tournaments or if you're just playing this tournament, where it was $250,000 to first. You definitely don't want to build the optimal lineup. You want to build, uh, you know, you try to get unique without getting stupid. Talked about that last couple of videos. It's an extremely important concept to uh, understand if you're going to be profitable long-term playing NBA DFS tournaments. Um, yeah, that'll do it for the video, guys. Uh, good luck on this slate. Let's hope it's a good game. I'll have a player prop video up after this. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, we'll see you all in the next one.